right. We are here with our guest this week. His name is Ezra. I'll let him say his last name if he wants to. Uh, Ezra Clark. What's yeah. up, Ezra Clark? What's going on? <laughs> How are you, man? Good. Doing good. great. Good, good. Yeah. Happy to hear. So thanks for being a guest on God Drugs Laughs. Yeah. Been yeah, wanting to absolutely. get you on here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That's a it's an honor. Yeah, honestly. for sure. Of course it's an honor, Ezra. <laughs> Ezra came in to our podcast studio and he was checking out all my figurines. Absolutely. Yeah, all my wrestling figurines. We're both wrestling fans from back in the day. For sure. Grew up on it. Yeah, and then he I have a wall with like album vinyl album covers on and he got mad at me because i didn't have easy e that's right easy yeah. e easy so i have to work on that my friend absolutely all right we want to get to know you a little bit okay how do you feel about that i feel pretty good about it okay well I'm, I'm, i've always been i always speak way too much and i always tell people i mean like hey just tell me to shut up <laughs> what's the worst thing you've ever done in your yeah. entire life no i'm just kidding. Well, yeah. <laughs> so funny story i don't know if you remember this but um, I, I used to be your pastor yeah. and, um, I saw you in a store one day and you had beer in your hand mm -hmm. and you acted all weird. Do you remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> I was like, dude, I don't care if you had beer. <laughs> it was just funny. That's how people respond. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. To like, pastors. Oh, so what do I do here? <laughs> I'm like shoving it in my shirt and then I'm getting arrested for trying yeah. to steal it. <laughs> That's funny. All right. As a tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Where were you raised? Uh, so I kind of grew up all over. Uh, I was born in Eugene, Oregon, and then uh, moved to Alaska for a little while and then moved back down to Oregon and then over to Washington state. Uh, I loved Washington. We lived right, right behind sand dunes. So of course, uh, yeah, my dad got me a dirt bike. That's awesome. And it was like my favorite, favorite present I ever got. And so I was literally, I would disappear for hours, I bet. you know, just up there riding. And I would always run out of gas. So I'd ride <laughs> until the tank was gone. Did you ever get hurt? Uh, yeah, there was a few times I would, uh, I was riding way up on the side of the hill and then I was just learning to shift down to get the RPMs back up and the bike died out and I jumped off and of course you're on a hill. So i landed way down the hill and I looked up and my bike was just tumbling and came and crashed right on top <laughs> of me. Yeah. It did was, uh, did you break anything? No, I didn't break anything. Um, and I'm not even joking. If my parents saw the stuff I was doing, it would have, <laughs> it would have gave them anxiety for days. That's funny. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And then from there I ended up moving to Montana. Let me ask you real quick. I'm sorry yeah. to break in. Have you ever broken any bones? Yeah, I broke my arm uh -huh. and I think I, I've definitely broke my nose. As you can see, it's slightly off center. Was uh, that from a fight? That was for me kicking dirt on a t-ball field when I was young and the coach threw the ball and it pegged me right in the face. Jeez. I didn't know it was broken at the time, yeah. but for a long time I could just tap the side of my nose and it would start bleeding. Uh. And so I would use that sometimes to get out of school yeah. and be like, oh no, my nose, you know, yeah. and go get out of school. But, uh, yeah, so that I didn't even realize I'd broke it. And then I, I broke my arm. Did you ever, when you were a kid, like sit on someone's feet and they would launch you into the air? Sit. Oh yeah. 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 Uh -huh. So like my Superman. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And so my brother did that, but I kind of flipped over backwards and I landed on my arm and Eesh. I snapped it. Yeah. And had a, our, fortunately our neighbor was a, a nurse. So we went over there and she's like, Oh yeah, you need to go to the hospital. Oh, geez. Um, and I've also, Chip my skull. 
Oh, and, uh, chipped my from, skull. I've never heard somebody say that. Yeah, What's wrong with your skull, man? I chipped it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little chipped up there. And I, that was 32 stitches in three layers. So if anybody is out there like getting queasy, I'll stop with all that. Well, what did you do? <laughs> uh, I, I was young, and I was just learning to ride a bike, and I took my helmet off, and me and my brother were just going down the street, and I got in some gravel and turned the handlebars, and I went over to the front, and did, it was a rock. It was in gravel, yeah. but... And it, might, it must have been concrete right underneath that or something. But anyways, it split my head wide open and it ended up chipping the skull. And we Did went. you hop up and say, I think I chipped my skull? Oh, I, so this <laughs> this is actually the first time I I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I did it. I told my mom that my brother cut me off. Oh. And I did not tell her for years that he did not do that. <laughs> is she finding and, out now? Yeah, I, I, I finally <laughs> told her. I said, he actually didn't cut me off on the bike. I was just in gravel and, yeah. you know, I didn't know. And yeah, I ended up chipping my skull. You so doing, he got in a lot of trouble. You were doing cool stuff. I broke my leg on a homemade slip and slide. Oh, okay. Okay. Trash bags and soapy water. Don't try it. Um, I broke my finger. Well, I like this one because I broke it playing flag football in college. Okay. But I say I broke my finger playing college football. Oh, okay. So, you know, that makes me look kind of cool. And then well, you I, just cut out some of the details. Exactly. So that's it. And then um, I jumped over a friend who was like on this little bike thing. So I was like, I'm going to be funny and like hop over him. Because so I used to be the guy that would hop over like those big um, things in front of like stores yeah, yeah. so a car can't drive in them you yeah. just hop over them so I'm like oh I'm gonna hop over him well I slipped kicked him right in the face <laughs> and <laughs> he had a concussion and I had a broken tailbone oh geez yeah and then I chipped my brain when I was th- no I'm just kidding I never chipped my brain <laughs> alright man tell us a little bit about your family uh, so they all they're kind of scattered all over the place. So I got family in uh, Texas. I got family in Nevada. I've got family in Montana, and um, we have like a big kind of get together. And my dad still lives in Oregon, and but we have a big get get together once a year. Okay, um, where we all you know it's like it's so chaotic. It's so chaotic. There's like. 26 of us in a house but my mom has a 5,000 square foot house so it's like she has the room to accommodate that's cool but it's like there's no sleeping in at, at all when you got <laughs> you know the majority of your kids it's right. like 13 grandkids or something that my parents have yeah. so it's like um but yeah uh they you know we all try to get together at least once a year because you know it's important to you know be with family and things like that we all get along and stuff so. yeah absolutely that sounds like fun man yeah yeah, I don't have much family, so it wouldn't be too many people in, <laughs> in the house. Family yeah. reunion, yeah. Yeah, but that's cool. All right. So I ask everybody this. Okay. Do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? I believe that there's beings that we can't see. Okay. So to end that, I, I don't know if you would call it a ghost, but I believe What it, would you call it? I would say it's more spiritual. I'd say okay. there's like angels and demons and stuff okay. like that we, we absolutely yeah. can't see. Yeah. Um, and I think it's all around us and it's just in, not in the spectrum that we can see it in yeah. so, or whatever. Have you, do you have any ghost stories? Uh, so y- Oh yeah, yes. we got one. Yes. Come on. So um, uh, I, and it, the details are a little shaky, but- we used to stay at my grandma's or, and I think there was like a graveyard that was behind it or something. And, uh, my mom saw something and me and her have always had like a weird connection, uh, like this. And, and that I'm, this particularly doesn't pertain to this, but, uh, 
she got she gets up and she saw someone walking through the room at night and um so she kind of was blowing it off like she was seeing things mm-hmm. and then I think it was either me or my brother had got had gotten up and was like did you see that person that was walking oh. and so she was like oh my gosh what was that and it was like it because it was so set up for a scary story it was yeah. like the graveyard right behind the house and things of that nature so Ted, yeah what yeah. are you doing here <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's that's creepy. I I don't know if I've shared this one on here before, but I heard this one on another podcast. But so the guy was out of town and his wife called him and they were talking and she was like, Hun, I saw I I saw a ghost last night or and he's like, What? It's like, Yeah, yeah. She's like, What happened? And she said, I was just laying in the bed and then all of a sudden I felt somebody sit on the bed. And then I felt somebody like wrap their arms around me, like spooning type thing. And then she heard him whisper, why did she leave me? Oh, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was like, what'd you do? It's like, no, I just went back to sleep. I was like, man, yeah, I could not I, do something like that. So that, that does remind me of one, one incident that I had. So this was, I was staying in an apartment in, at the Waterfords off San mm-hmm. Jose and um i was like partially asleep i could hear everything that was going on in the living room but i don't know if you've ever had this kind of experience where you're awake but you can't move your body oh yeah and mm-hmm. so i i was partially awake and i couldn't really open my eyes but i could hear the tv in the living room and stuff and i was like i just got to move my finger and i should be good and i had i was able to get my eyes cracked open and i looked over at the closet that was open and I just saw, it was just a dark figure just rocking back and forth. Yeah. And then, uh, it came towards me and it felt like it was pressing on my chest. Mm. And at that moment I was actually able to get my finger to move and I woke up and everything that I was hearing and seeing was exactly the way I was hearing and seeing everything. And it was, it was the freakiest thing that had ever happened to me. So the stuff was still there when you woke up? No, the, the figure was gone Uh and the feeling of something pressing on my chest was gone. Uh, but the TV was exactly like I was hearing oh, it okay. and everything. Gotcha. So yeah. yeah, everything was the exact same. And I was just like, that was super, super weird. Yeah. And I would just figured it was just one of those sleeps. It's just one of those things. Like when you dream and you try to yeah. wake yourself up and you just can't do it. But yeah. this was like, I just couldn't move my body. Yeah. So sounds like sleep paralysis. Yeah. So that, you know, it's a common thing. I had, I think like three or four, usually when I was using drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been up a long time. I would go into sleep paralysis. And the common thing with those is that you have this overwhelming fear. And a lot of people say there's somebody in the next room mm. like, coming to hurt you and you can't do anything about it. Like, yeah. So your body's asleep, but your mind's still awake. Mm. It's weird. Yeah. Imagine like in the old days when people had that. Oh, I know. Oh, there's demons in my house. Yeah, you know? I know, right? That would be creepy. Yeah. But I had a couple of those and it was always really scary. But I did the same thing. I'm like, if I have another one, I'm going to wiggle my finger and wake up. And that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Why does it always go to the finger? I don't it's like know. It's like get the smallest the thing to... I can move. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's, that's it. It's like, yeah. if I could just twitch it, yeah. then I, I, I should be good. Don't come over here and chip my skull, bro. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got that fear. All right. Aliens? Uh, I will say that with how many galaxies there are out there, it's yeah. like, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and actually I'd, I'd be, that'd be great if there was some kind of, you know, other 
intelligent life form that, sure. you know, but yeah, I'm not opposed to it. And I know, I don't, I don't think it says in the Bible that you can't think that there's other life forms out there. I don't, I don't know. I'm not well studied, but no, not that I know. Of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't see why that wouldn't be an option. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah. People, I, I always talk about aliens and ghosts. So it's just interesting yeah. to hear people's opinions and, and stories. So yeah. What are some weird things that you do that, you know, are things you do that other people would consider weird? I, my humor, I would think. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I always tell jokes for myself. And, <laughs> and so one of the things is like, I would come up with, uh, um, I would always try to catch somebody just walking by and I finally got a group in on it and we were, we were sitting there talking and I was like, I'll, I'll show you how, how this works. And I was like, I want to say something that someone catches it. And at first they think they understand it. And then they're like, what? Uh And so this was like the perfect example. So we're sitting around and I, this guy was walking by and I was like, I'm going to play that piano like a gorilla. And he was, he smiled at first and then he was like, and then he had this expression on his face. Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I'd say the weird thing that I do, it would be, it'd definitely be my humor. It's yeah. really hard to get. And yeah. unless I explain it, it's like, I'm so, so thirsty. I can't even open this desk drawer. It's like, what does that <laughs> gotcha, mean? Gotcha, you know? Yeah. 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 I like ir- ironic humor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't think of that word last podcast. So. Ironic. Yeah. <laughs> I got it back. Ironic. Yeah, I think I think I do a lot of things weird. Uh, I do th- some things weird, like on accident. Like I always leave the refrigerator open. I put things back in weird places. Like I have chips, and I'll put them back in the freezer. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is that I found out my mom does that, and my sister does that as well. Like they always leave stuff open and put things back in weird places. I wonder. So. I wonder if you could trace that back to like your genes. Like I, uh, I don't know. I guess so. Since yeah. all of us do it, there's uh, so that would mean that there's some place in your brain that holds putting things back in the correct spot. Right, that's misfiring. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's kind of funny. All right, let's go on, man. You're doing well with all these questions. You're yeah. killing them. All right, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Or in between. So I would say three beers, Ezra, is an extrovert. Oh, yeah. And uh, typically an introvert. So there is a story behind that uh, that we'll probably get into, but I was an extrovert before I had a head injury. Uh And the head injury changed me to an extrovert, and I started feeling really uncomfortable that I was an introvert. Um, Until I found out, I'm like, oh, I'm just an introvert. That's okay. Sure. You know? Uh, So yeah, it's it's been kind of both for me for a while, a long while. Like, um, I'm not afraid to go out and meet people and I like, I like doing it, but it's, I gather, I recoup mm-hmm. on my own for, by myself. Gotcha. So. Wow. That's interesting. What was yeah. your head injury? So I had a car accident, um, in 2005 and it kind of, it literally changed my life. I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. I didn't find till recently discovered that it had impacted me as bad as it did, but I had an injury and a uh, head injury in 2005. Uh, but I've had other head injuries cause I'm, I'm like a huge fanatic when it comes to, uh, like adrenaline junkie, I guess right. you could say. Sure. So, uh, I've had, and they called, so what they've called it is post concussion syndrome. Okay. And I found out that even, you know, people that have had head injuries, uh, be- can become fire starters or whatever. And they start lighting fires wow. for no reason. Yeah. So it can dramatically change your personality. Wow. That's interesting. 
Yeah. So I, I, I kind of dodged a huge bullet on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just became an introvert, yeah. which isn't bad. Yeah. That, that's I like the, thing. I like the master in COVID because I, you don't have to know who I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, I love, you know, being in quarantine with COVID for like that year and a half or whatever. But towards the end, I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, I got to yeah. get out of here. Yeah. All right. Next question. What keeps you up at night? Uh, racing thoughts for sure. Like, uh-huh. uh, I, one of the, I'd say one of the best things that I have, one of my best qualities is I'm super creative. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's what I, I really hinge on that at work and things like that. But it's some things will just keep me up at night and I'll just co- constantly think of an idea or, and start going down the rabbit hole of how can I make this better? How can I ex- expand it out? Or, um, so that it would be creative thoughts or if something, it, and I think this is typical for everybody. If something's really bugging me or, mm-hmm. or ticking me off, um, I'll have arguments in my head and, gotcha. and yeah, it'll sure. keep me up. Yeah. So. You are very creative. I remember, it was a while ago, but you were like, hey, I want to start a YouTube page with you for kids. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that. Sounds weird. And now you got like these people making millions yeah. doing yeah. these YouTube pages for kids. So yeah. I'm going to listen to anything I still want to do that. I wanted, okay. I want to do Lego stories, uh, Lego. <laughs> Lego Bible stories for kids. Because oh, there's, cool. there's no really cool Christian kids YouTube yeah. stuff out there. You know, yeah. it's like we need, they need that out in the world. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Next question. Could you live without the internet? Yeah, I could live without the internet. Would I want to? No, but, uh, I could, uh, I'm not huge on social media and in things of that nature. So, I mean, I do stick to my phone and research stuff just to pass boredom. But I think if I was able to put the phone away or the internet away, I think it would, I would channel my energy in other areas. Yeah. So do you, are you able to recall what you study? So like, can you retain the information? Like I'll read something, study something, but I'll completely forget about it. Yeah. So I think I fall under the normal statistic for that. I mean, not now with the head injury, uh, where I'm, where I'm currently at in my recovery, um, memory is just like, I'll have brain fog so bad. I can't even remember what I did an hour ago. Uh, But, uh, typically I, I, I retain the information fairly well, um, in, as long as I, but you have to use a method. You got to circle, I have to circle back around to it and then, and, but that's just who I am too. I'll circle back around to the information and then do like what they say. Hey, this is what you do to best retain the information. Yeah. I don't have any kind of special memory though. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted the, um, photographic memory. I, uh, that would be so awesome. I was, <laughs> I was saying that I always said that to myself, if I could go back and tell God what attribute I want, yeah. it'd be a photogenic memory. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Is that it's called photogenic, not photographic? Is it? Is oh, it I don't photogen- know. I'm asking you. No, I'm saying photo, <laughs> photogenic. Did I say that incorrectly? You said photogenic. I oh, said okay. photographic. So yeah, yeah. I was just trying to learn from you. As well, oh, okay. So that's why I asked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Where do you like to go out to eat when you go out to eat? Oh man, there's so many places. Me and uh, me and my wife have been going out. Oh, we didn't talk lot. about your family here. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your wife, kiddos. Oh yeah, so I'm married uh, with two kids. With What's up, that Shana? Wife. Yeah, <laughs> Shauna, um, uh, Kingston, and Stella. Uh, Kingston's five, Stella's three. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and then I have a 22 year old uh, Hunter. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he's killing it in life right now. So that, yeah, I mean, it's what you, what you wish for, for your kids, right? You're like, the funny thing about that was, is I was like, man, he's really doing good. But I was like, man, I wish he actually had suffered a little bit to, to learn to, you know, cause there's a whole learning period that he missed. But I was like, you know, this is what you want for your kids. You want them to not have to go through all the sufferings that you sure. went through and have, have success. Yeah. And that's what he's got. So what's he up to? Is he, so is he, he cool sharing that. Yeah, he is, um, in construction and he is uh super for, so he builds grounds from the house uh, or builds homes from the ground up. Wow. That's cool. Um, yeah. For uh, a local company, the company that built our house. So nice. it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool. It's something that he's passionate about because we put him in every single sport and he just, he, couldn't get into it unless yeah. he was competing against me. Like he, <laughs> he did wrestling. I was like, you'll never be as good as me. And yeah. so he joined wrestling for two years and yeah. he's like, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's too, too stressful. So, but yeah, he's, he's killing it right now. That's and, great. Uh, Kingston's actually, he's doing multiplication and division. He's not even in kindergarten yet. Jeez. Yeah. He's the kids like, and he is like hooked on math. Like yeah. he just can't get enough math. So That's we've awesome. already got him like a first grader book that he's just blowing through. And it's like, and Stella, she's just fearless, yeah. absolutely fearless. I mean, talk about anxiety. It's like pit in your stomach all the time because both of our kids are climbers. Both mm-hmm. of them have knocked themselves out four times each. Jeez. Each. And it's so it's so disheartening holding your kid when they're unconscious. Lifeless, yeah. But I mean, not saying we got used to it, but we knew what to do. So we weren't like panicking to go to the hospital. We were right. watching very close, seeing what was going on and- um, you know, and have regular checkups and stuff, yeah. but it's, uh, yeah, those two are, they're a hundred miles an hour, which was the opposite of Hunter. He was always super chill, mm-hmm. super laid back. And these two are like two fireballs. And it's like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That would be, have to be hard, man. I can't imagine. Yeah. All right. Back to our food questions. Where okay. do you like to go out to eat? So I like to eat, it really depends on the mood. So sometimes I like, I'm not going to lie. And I know it's simple, but I like feeling like a boss sometimes. So yeah, yeah. I like going to the high dollar places and blowing a lot of money. And Oh, what do we, what places? So like, um, the Calford. Okay. Things, things of that nature get yeah. like a really good steak. Um, and we've ate at, uh, have you ever ate at salt out at the Ritz? No, listen, I'm, I'm yeah. low scale. I think I, think, <laughs> I grew up on Long John Silver, uh, bro. <laughs> I think salt has is like a five five diamond. I think they call it. Oh, cool. not not five star, five diamond. It's one of the few five five diamond restaurants in Florida or something like that. But Heck yeah, if you can do it. Why not enjoy it? Man? Yeah, but I don't think just that's for, sinful. Just for the just for the average meal, it'd be probably be like a really good seafood place. I yeah. can't nothing specific. I because sometimes I'll go on adventure. I call it adventure eating. So I'll look for like the best hamburger or yeah. I'll look for the best fish taco or something right. like that. Um, Where's so your go- sorry to interrupt you. Where's your go-to seafood? So seafood right now, it would be, I, I know this is, this is weak, but it's because of convenience, but uh-huh. it's, uh, the fish, uh, fish camp. Yeah. Right across the bridge. I uh, love, I love that good. place. The food yeah. is so good. And Kingston loves it too. So it's like a, uh, awesome. So like he'll go there and eat and, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love the fish camp for um, food because their fish is so, so good. Everything so they have is good. Yeah. Why, why do you call that weak? Uh, because it's just like, there's no, it, I mean, it's on the water, but you can't really see it because the boats are there. It's Go, just, gotcha, it's just gotcha. right there. Sure, it, it's sure. convenient. It, it's a really good restaurant, but it it's, is. it's just right there. So sure. it's not like somewhere 
off or a cool place or something like that. that yeah. You know, like the ice plant or something. Gotcha. Like that, gotcha. You know? Yeah, for sure. All right. A few more questions, man. Okay. You're killing it. What is your favorite hobby? Favorite hobby is that's easy. It's snowboarding for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love snowboarding, been snowboarding since I was in seventh grade. And it's to me, it, it's like anybody with a hobby that it's something where you have to zone in. Like mm-hmm. if you're downhill mountain biker or, or you love snorkeling or whatever, you just zone in, you forget about everything. And it's horrible to say you forget about wife, kids, whatever. It's just, yeah. it's a way for your body just to straight detune yeah. and, and recoup some energy. And so snowboarding's like the absolute favorite hobby to do. Cool. What are some of your other hobbies? Uh, so I don't have a ton of other. Fo- well, right now I, I would say I'm I'm building a website uh, for real estate, and then I'm starting a YouTube channel to help promote the uh, website, but also to help people. Yeah. Um, in the real estate market, so um, that's kind of what I I I call it a hobby, but it's really something that I'm working on to turn into something more for myself. Sure. So. How do people find that? Uh, so it just, uh, uh, it's seeking hyphen real estate.com. Okay. Um, and then the YouTube is just seeking real estate. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's been really great. It's, it's a good outlet for, cause I love being creative. So when you have a blank canvas for a website, it's like, what do you do and sure. how do you make it look good and how do you draw people in? So um, that's been, that's been really fun. I, I, I definitely like things that allow me to be creative. So yeah. I just did my first Bob Ross painting at, at, nice. at Honey Lake. I'll get, I'll get to that though, yeah. but, um, I've always wanted to do Bob Ross paintings. And so my mom got me, it was like an amazing Christmas gift. I got an entire Bob Ross painting kit, uh, with the oils and the easel and everything. So that's crazy. Yeah. So it wasn't something they taught there. No, it wasn't. Uh, I actually, I just pulled up one of his YouTube videos and I had acrylic paint, so it dries so fast. So it's like, you can't really mix stuff, but I I actually was able to get a painting that looked really good. And I was like, man, I can't wait to try this with oil. And it's still been sitting there and I haven't pulled it out, but send me a picture so we can upload it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you stay in um, like your own cabin or did you stay in the room? At Honey Lake? Yeah. Yeah, I stayed... Well, I stayed in the room, and then I transitioned out for uh, a cabin after the yeah. first week. That's so, what I did. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that, but... Yeah. yeah. I call it my rehab, because that's what I went there for. I know you went there for different reasons, Yeah, so, but that's where I went, Honey Lake, for 30 days. Yeah. And I suggested that to you. So yeah, I, absolutely. That, I, I was so happy that it, it worked out It really was well 100%. It. It, was the only, it was the only path. Yeah, there's there's so much wrapped around that that I'll unpack for yeah, you, but we'll get it's there. crazy. All right, two more questions. What would you do if you had enough money for the rest of your life and didn't have to work? What would you do? Uh, I would, I, it, to be honest with you, this is something that's been weighing on my mind a lot. I, I want to just serve as much as I can. And, yeah. and not only just at the church, but like people that need it mm-hmm. and people that are suffering. So the stuff that I've gone through and like homeless people and things like that, I just, however I can help people is what I would absolutely want to do. Yeah. Not saying I wouldn't travel and do, do fun things for myself, but I, that would be one of the things I would take it up like a, as a hobby, but like not a hobby kind of thing, sure. you know? So yeah, yeah, that's, that's absolutely what that's I would cool. do. If you want to serve me and, and tell me how to earn more wealth, I would appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I would take that advice. All right. Last question. I don't think I sent this one to you. We kind of surprised people with this one, but uh, there's no wrong answers. Okay. Who is God to you? 
who is God to me, uh, that, that is tough because I've been focusing on Jesus, but I know the Trinity is all there. So God is the one that is guiding what happens in my life. Okay. He's, he's the guide for me. Yeah. So he's kind of the boss. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I'm trying, I'm at this early on in the sanctification process. So it's, um, for me, it's learning to see what he's, what he has planned for me. And it's really the only thing that's gotten me this far, uh, right. for, through all the stuff that I I've been through. Um, and, and not, like I said, I'll, I'll unpack some of that, but yeah, that's, he's, He's the one that is getting me through everything through yeah. life right now. So yeah, that's great. That's good. I would say you come a long way. Yeah, with the sanctification sure. process. So yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. All right. Well, thanks, Ezra. We I feel like we really got to know you. Yeah. So now we'll go on to our topic of the week. Okay. Here is your topic of the week. All right, we are back with our topic of the week, and Ezra is going to help us, bless us, by talking about some struggles that he's been through. Um, yeah. I don't know how long it goes back, but I know you know it's been some, some big stuff that you've been struggling with, so people come on here and open up about that. It always um, helps others. So yeah, it's really yeah, cool, the, the feedback that I get from that, so we appreciate you coming on and being open and honest about this stuff. So yeah. I'll kind of let you guide the conversation, and then uh-huh. I'll hop in with questions as we go. Yeah, so this was uh, this all kind of started, so just to wrap some context around it, I, I'm battling with uh, anxiety and recently had a bout of depression and just got over alcoholism. Okay. Um, so this all kind of started 10 years ago where everything kind of took a downturn. Alcohol has actually kind of dictated a lot that's happened in my life. I was in airborne school and got kicked out for underage drinking. The car accident that I had where I had the head injury in 2005 was drinking and driving. Mm. Um, fortunately wasn't arrested. Um, and that's kind of where everything kind of took a downturn. Um, so I was in late twenties, um, and I bought a house and, uh, went out drinking that night to celebrate that we purchased the house. And my buddy told me, he was like, don't do anything stupid. And of course, adrenaline junkie, mm-hmm. I slam on the gas and it was actually coming down racetrack road here. And I ended up flipping my vehicle Whoa. and knocking myself out. Um, cause I, I put two tires in the dirt and I tried easing it back. Um, but I heard the tire starting to give away. It was a, a Explorer Sport, so a two door SUV, right. really top heavy, and it just started flipping. And then, um, uh, next thing I know, I'm waking up, and my buddy was on top of the vehicle. So the passenger door was on the ground, and uh, he was like, "What were you thinking?" That's yeah. the first thing he say to me. He goes, "What are you <laughs> thinking?" And I climb out through the car, and I look, and one guy's already calling the cops, and I told my buddy to get out of there, and you know, was like, Hey, you know, sure. Get out of here. I don't need you getting in trouble. And then anyway, so after that point, I didn't really think, I think I kind of got it, you know, away from the accident. I thought I only had two bloody shins and that was it. It, it, And the funny, not funny, but it ended up throwing the battery out of the SUV 30 yards away from the vehicle. Like it was just a hole in the hood. And I think they, I think that was intentional from the design. So you didn't have like electricity and gas or whatever. So I don't know, but I was like, holy cow, that thing flew. And fortunately power for sure. Yeah. Fortunately, nobody else was involved, but I went back the next day and looked at the vehicle. They had towed it uh, to, a junkyard and 
Um, it was every single area of the roof was completely crushed down where it would have just snapped my neck except for the driver's seat. Man. And so I, I took that. I was like, man, God really gave me a second chance here. Yeah. Um, and now did then, you, oh, sorry. Did you oh, immediately know you had a head injury or did that come later? No, that came later. Okay. I didn't even recognize that until 2019. Gotcha. So it, it, several years had passed. So what had happened after that point, and I was always high energy, the extrovert at that point, um, high energy. And I found myself in my late twenties, just sitting on the couch um, wanting to just watch TV and and I was like, this is not me. Something weird's going on. Yeah. And I went to the doctor and, uh, he was like, Hey, um, I think you have low testosterone. Let's test, test your testosterone. Mm-hmm. And so it was low. It was 106, which is super low for a 28 year old. Yeah. And so they got me on testosterone and I felt great again. Energy was back and whatever. Um, but then I had my first panic attack. So, um, I, I didn't realize it was a panic attack till years later. I was watching Tosh.0 <laughs> and two people were arm wrestling and an arm snapped. Oof. And so, and typically that stuff doesn't bother me. I was actually a, a combat lifesaver in the army. Um, that was just an extra badge that you had yeah. uh, that you carried the med pack. You were a first responder to whatever happened gotcha. for your unit. And uh, so I was, I was used to that kind of stuff and, uh, Anyway, so I went and laid down in my room and I was like, I don't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. Um, and then so I was like, I'm going to get an ice pack because I started having a hot flash. And I went and grabbed the to go get the ice pack. And next thing I know, I was waking up on the ground mm. and I got up and I went and told my roommate and said, hey, I think I just passed out or had a seizure. I don't know. Um, and I went to go get another ice pack and then I woke up again and he was standing over me and he's like, it looked like you were having a seizure. This Whoa. isn't cool. So yeah. I called Shauna and I was like, Hey, I, I just collapsed twice. I don't know what's going on. And, uh, she ended up bringing me to the hospital and I never really went in. I just kind of walked around. Hmm. And so that was the first, first time I'd ever experienced that to so a guy you that never th- walked in the hospital. I know. I never, ever had that lack of control over my body. Uh, Unless it was self-induced, like with alcohol or something. So uh, that kind of opened Pandora's box for me. It was anxiety, panic attacks, anxiety, panic attacks. I didn't know what was going on. And it took doctors two years to say, we think you're having panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And because they're like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm like, it's not fine. Nothing. It's not fine. Um, And I don't know if, if... the listeners here, if you've had a panic attack, then you know what I'm talking about. And it's in, literally impossible to explain to you other than yeah. it. All I can say is fear has been opened wide up in your body and panic. That's why I call it panic attacks. Sure. You start panicking over yeah. everything. Wow. So um, that went on for years and I went on. So you kept having panic attacks? Yeah, okay. panic attacks. And it was something new. And I just transitioned into a position as a manager uh, uh, in main, in the maintenance department. And so I thought it might've been the job. So everything was kind of getting masked on what the root cause was. Um, but I just kept going to doctor after doctor after doctor. I was like, there's, there's an answer for this. Someone's mm-hmm. got to have the answer for this. Um, and so after years of searching and, and struggling, and I had gotten married during that point to Shauna. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, I attended the wedding yeah, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so she's been struggling through this too, like sure. because there's Absolutely. so much put on her plate from from dealing with this. Because when you have it, you internalize and shut down, and because that's what you have to do. That's the mechanism right. you your coping mechanism. Um, so she she's had to shoulder a lot. Um, but anyway, so we I, f- I was driving down the road and I was listening to K Love, and they said uh, a men clinic came on there. Um, and they're a world-renowned clinic for head injury. Mm. Uh, well, it, he started off as a therapist or something like that, a psychologist, psychiatrist, one of those. And uh, he he said, hey, we're actually one of the few fields that examines what we're trying to treat. And so he started doing uh, spec scans, which actually examine the brain. Mm. It's kind of like a um, you inject some uh, – radioactive material in and it goes into the brain and it shows you where the lack of blood flow is and it can tell you where the injuries are and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so I went there, it was paid out of pocket and they're like, Hey, you've got a, you've got a head injury and you, your lack of, I have lack of blood in the back, the front and up underneath. Oh, wow. And then a little bit on top, not bad. Anybody would probably have, have that uh, kind of shading on it. How was that spot where you chipped your head? Uh, that was the worst. So basically Oof. your brain, that's where you're doing a lot of your function in yeah. the frontal cortex. And so uh, when your frontal cortex isn't operating, basically the other areas take over. So the amygdala and you're in fight or flight. So basically survival mode. So mm. you shut down logical thinking and things gotcha. of that nature. Yeah. They said when they were done examining me that I don't get out of fight or flight. Mm. Um, so I was constantly at high alert. Sounds horrible. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a nightmare to live through for sure. Um, and so once we found that out, they gave me a whole list of stuff for hyperbaric. So imagine taking somebody that has chronic anxiety and shoving them in a hyperbaric tube Oof, yeah. and sealing it. I mean, literally. It gives me anxiety thinking about oh, it. <laughs> oh, man. Like yeah. you get in there and you start getting hot because of your anxiety, but you're like, is this this tube? Is this right? And then you, your mind just starts reeling. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so I I went through hyperbaric treatments. I've had DNA tests. I've had gene tests. I've had um, like ten uh, uh, EKGs. I've had uh, stress test, nuclear stress test. I've had uh, like four CAT scans. I've had mm, yeah. um, tons of uh, X rays on because I at first I ruled out my heart. I, that was my first focus because I was having heart palpitations. Um, and so yeah. I, I saw I mean, you walk through these struggles, man. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, was it was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was, they finally, they landed on it and they were like, Hey, you got to do hyperbaric. I had to fly my mom down because I literally became non-functional. Like I didn't want to drive. I didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And there was a period in my career when I was driving to work and everywhere I drove, I was literally looking for a place to pull over Wow! because I thought I was, I was having fear of passing out. Um, I never passed out other than that one time. So it was an, it wasn't a logical fear. Um, but it was something that I had to deal with. I've tried medical marijuana. I've tried meditation. I've tried. You got any of that marijuana on yeah, you right now? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've tried, I've tried literally everything and, yeah. uh, nothing was really working. I've tried antidepressants, had suicidal thought, not necessarily the full on suicidal thoughts, but right before it, I was like, if I felt like this forever, I wouldn't want to live. Was that when you were on antidepressants? Yeah. And Man, so I, I got was, on one too, where like, it was, that's all I wanted. I mean, it was, you know, nothing excites you, you know? Yeah. And I just told Becca, my dad just broke down crying. Like, yeah. I think I want to kill myself. And yeah. so 
went to the doctor and they took me off of them quickly, but yeah. others have helped me, but yeah, that yeah. can happen. And so, and this was, this was a medication that I had been taking for a while. Um, so there was two things that happened from it. So one, I was sitting across from Shauna and she just became unfamiliar. I was like, who, I was like, I knew, I was like, that's Shauna, but I don't know her. Hmm. And it was a super weird experience. And I told her and she did some research and it's the highest form of anxiety you can get. It's called like disassociation or something to that effect. Um, And then the other one was, it just felt like this liquid darkness just hit me. And it was, it almost felt like a panic attack. And I was like, okay, here we go. And it was just like liquid darkness. And it was just like all hope was sucked out of everything. And I was just like, man, if I feel like this for a couple of days, I wouldn't want to live. Yeah. And it went away pretty quick. And I, I was like, it's time to get off of this yeah. medication because this is not, this is not right. Yeah. It sounds like what I experienced. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, and honestly, for anybody that's listening that goes through those struggles, there, there is help out for that. So just, yeah. just keep hope in mind that it, it's going to be a fleeting moment. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then, so anyway, uh, I've been going through this whole time and, you know, it's, it's more of a struggle of like, I feel like I'm not really being a good father and, and a good husband and stuff like that, but you're literally doing whatever you can to, you know, be, be a good father and, and husband. But it's just like when you're dealing with that day in and day out and all it wants you to do is internalize it's, it's, it's a struggle. It's a battle, but I mean, we've made it, we've made it so far. So it's been, it's been really great. Um, and then most recently, uh, I started at, um, a chiropractor, uh, which practices, uh, uh, what is it? Clinical neurology. And in case most of you don't know, if you find one like that, they deal with anxiety and, and things like that. So they, they're trained for that. And so anyway, uh, he started, he was like, man, he was like, your left eye is way out of whack. He was like, the neurons just aren't firing. Hmm. Um, and so he'd do like this eye test and he was like, yeah, he's like, can you even feel that? And I was like, no, I could, I can't feel my eye doing it. And he's like, so anyway, he was, he was kind of bringing me back. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point where I, I didn't want to drive again. So I started going downhill pretty hard. And uh, through this whole time, my relationship had been struggling with, with my wife. So uh, we'd been struggling for like the past five years mm-hmm. or so. It's a lot to um, go through. Yeah. Yeah. So not only are you dealing with anxiety and panic attacks, but you're dealing with a marriage that you feel like is failing. There's, mm-hmm. there's been a few times that I was, you know, just like, I think, I think this is it. Like we're done. Right. Um, and I had talked to um, one of our mutual friends, Joey, mm-hmm. um, and he had. He's he been had, on the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And, uh, he, he, we sat down and talked cause I was basically, my wife was like, you need to go and find out how to be a spiritual leader. We're done. And so I was like, well, I'm going for myself. I ain't going for you. And mm-hmm. so I went and talked to Joey and it was literally a light switch. Yeah, it was that's like, awesome. yeah, it was like, I, that opened my eyes to how much, even though I feel like I was a nice guy and really wanted to take care of my wife, from a spiritual perspective, I was still a very selfish person. So like when she does something that makes me mad, why is it making me mad? Mm -hmm. You know, because you're not doing it the way I want you to do it. So I'm being selfish. So it's like, it was a light switch and, but it wasn't learned overnight, but I've actually been able to keep studying that and keep, you know, applying that, which is, which has helped us out. But even most recently, so before my trip to Honey Lake, we were at a blowout point and I was already at the point where, my mom had my mom had left. She had come down to help me while I was going to this clinic because uh-huh. I, I went on FMLA for my job, 
And uh, what is was, that? Uh, so that's family medical leave. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so that way I could focus on just going to the doctor. I was going to the chiropractor every single day and they were doing uh, some net- metronome uh, training and mm-hmm. uh, some neurostimulation and things of that nature. And then straightening my back out to get all the neural pathways back in. And my mom had left and I had, there was a point in my body where I was like, my body's no longer handling stress. I don't know what's going on. Mm. I, I like, I couldn't manage it. I couldn't meditate it away. And I was literally at the bottom of a panic attack for two weeks. Jeez, two weeks straight. Yeah. And I finally, um, I'd got blood drawn. And when I went in to get blood drawn, I felt fight or flight kicking in. And I was like, I'm either going to have a panic attack and all these nurses are going to deal with it. Or I'm going to sit down here and try to shut it down. And next thing I know, I was waking up. I had wet my pants Mm. and uh, was trying to figure out what was going on. Was just like jerking and looking around. And they're like, are you okay? And I was like, I think so. And it took me a minute to recover. Um, And... uh, then I left out of there and I told my wife, I was like, this was such a huge setback because now that fear of passing out and driving is back. Mm. And I literally was, would have panic attacks going to drop my kids off at school and I would, or going to pick them up and I would call my wife. I'd be like, I'm here, but I cannot drive them. Wow. And we she would call one of our friends to come pick them up. So it's very controlling on your life. Yeah. It, it limits you a, a lot when you're, when you're dealing with that kind of stuff. Um, but then there was a turning point where I even went further downhill because me and my wife were arguing and she was, said she needed space. And my like emotionally, I just couldn't handle that right. on top of not being able to get my panic under control, my sure. anxiety under control. And something switched. And I was sitting there and I was like, something mentally is not right right now. Like something's not right with my life. Something's not right with the world. And... I think this is the this is the first time that I'd I'd crashed down into a depression in mm. which I'm I'm a person that'll mentally fight that and say this isn't a depression because I can still get happy about stuff but something mentally wasn't right. I had a fear of being alone. I had a fear of being on a balcony. Mm. I had a fear of just being around knives. I had a fear of of swimming with the kids in case I passed out and they, you know, had nobody to watch them or yeah. I couldn't get pulled out of the water. So fear was literally everywhere and I was like I couldn't even stay home. Like Shauna would go out and I had to go to my father-in-law's house just to sit, even though no one was there, I just couldn't be at the house. Mm. Um, and so there was just a, a fear and, and I was like, okay, I need to, I need to check in somewhere. And I started looking around Jacksonville and it was just like, None of it was a fit. None of it was what I needed. And so I was actually backed in the corner because at this point, uh, the way me and Sean had had a blowout, which which kind of turned me in a new direction, like down further. And I was like, I either need to move out or or we need to get better. And I was like, I can't get better staying here right. with Shauna in the situation that we're in. And I can't move out because I emotionally couldn't, wouldn't be able to handle that either. So sure. I was literally... God had basically took me and pinned me back to the wall mm-hmm. and was like, I've got something for you. And then I asked you, I was like, where right. did you go? And you're like, honey, Lake." and I started looking it up and I found out they took my insurance. And so basically it was like a silver, you know, a lit path. This is the only place you're going to go right yeah. now. And this is what you need to do. And I didn't know why at the time I just knew it was a, you know, a Christian center that, sure. you know, for help. And, uh, I was like, okay, so let's see, let's see what the adventure has for me here. And 
So yeah, it was, that was like recently, I'd say three months ago was like the roughest time I've ever had. And Mm -hmm. it was because I'd, I'd, I'd fallen down into a deep depression. So in that deep depression, you chose to go to Honey Lake. Now, were you able to drive yourself there? No, Somebody I was still at the point. Okay, still at the point of yeah. not driving. Still, I showed fear. up pretty rough too. I remember I had left town and like gone to Georgia. So my when Jonathan and Spencer came to pick me up, and I went, and man, I was I was in a rough spot. I think I slept the first three days straight because mm. that's how worn out I was. So yeah, it sounds like we were kind of at the at the same spot. Did yeah. they drive out and pick you up in the golf cart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me yeah. too, me too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like that whole thing was um, because you go through these valleys uh, to get to your growth, and I, I, I explain it to everybody. I literally feel like God grabbed me by the back of the neck and put me down to the bottom and was mm. just dragging me along the bottom. But it wasn't rocks; it was right. scalpels because it was cutting out all this. I used to be in my own head. I was the toughest person on the face of the planet. I could mentally take anything. I could, you know, do whatever, anything like my buddies back in high school, when they got in fights, I would tell them to step aside and let me step in. Okay. Yeah. So I was just, (laughs) yeah, I was just bulletproof. I was whatever. And God was literally cutting all that arrogance and ego and stuff out of my life. And it was just like, and I was always competitive with people in my own head. And I was just like, he was literally put me through a humbling process and it was rough to go through. But, you know, it's, I mean, that's what happened to me too. Just kind of taking the ego and everything took me to the bottom. Right. I think once you come back that I was, I always felt like I was sympathetic and, you know, understanding. I could never judge people for mistakes or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But I tell you, once you come back from that, it's like a whole new attitude, whole new love for people, wanting to help people. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's rough. But hopefully as you come out of it more and more, you'll see how God used that. Yeah. Did you ever blame God for what you're going through? No, I, there was a point that I actually knew. Um, and this was a couple of years ago because we start, we, uh, changed churches and we went to, started going to 1122 Mm -hmm. and I was watching, this was after I talked to Joey. Um, and, uh, just because where we were going just didn't have the resources for the problems that the struggles that me and Shauna were going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I started watching Joby's sermons every single night. And, uh, one of the things was that ended up speaking to me is like the, the stuff that, that we're going through is what's growing us. And I knew that God had control of the situation. I knew at that point, but I just didn't know the extent of it. Right. Um, and I knew everything was happening for a reason. Like even the stuff that me and Shauna were going through, she was like, why are we together? We are so different in there was a night we had a blowout and I was walking home and I was, it dawned, you know, I was talking to God. I was like, okay, I'm going to approach this a different way. Instead yeah. of sitting here and arguing <laughs> in my head, yeah. I'm going to ask you, show me why is this happening right now? And he literally answered me and he said, I put you two together because you're so different. Hmm. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that makes sense. I was like, sure. that's where growth comes from. I yeah. was like, okay. So I went home and I talked to Sean. I was like, Hey, look, I'm not mad. I'm sorry for yelling. And this is why this, this had to happen tonight, the way it happened. Tonight. Yeah. And then I told her, so, um, but that was my discovery period It is between, I think between two years ago and, and, uh, like a couple months ago is when I was like, this is, this is all happening for right. a reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the toughest commands Jesus has is love your wife, like, he loves the church, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you think, what does that mean? Well, obviously, as a church, you're always 
running from God. You're always hurting God. You're always, you know. Yeah. And I say hurting God in the sense of like, he loves you as a child and you keep running away and stuff, you know, keep, you keep doing wrong, but how does God respond to that grace? Right. Yeah. And so uh, I know I've failed at that <laughs> for sure, but I think that's a beautiful thing to keep in mind. Yeah. That means you can lose arguments, right? Yeah. You could show grace where grace is needed. You can humble yourself. Apologize um, when it's not your yeah. fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to delete that. No, oh, I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh, so one of the things, I, and this is such a weird example of it that I always think of when you're looking relationship-wise in what grace looks like, and you'll probably laugh when I say it, but as uh, Forrest Gump was to Jenny. Sure. You know, and she just walked all over him and used him and whatever, and yeah. then- She gave him AIDS. Yeah. No, I'm just, hopefully he didn't have AIDS. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, at the end, it was just like- he was still just there for her right. and he never held a grudge on her. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. So. That's, that's a cool way to think of it. Yeah. Now I want to talk to you about something personal. So okay. not too personal, just let me know. But you said, you know, you're basically for the first time saying that you were alcoholic, like alcoholism. Yeah. You don't have to use yeah. that term or whatever, but so, you know, in the program that I'm part of, you never diagnose somebody as an alcoholic, right? They have to come to that conclusion. Mm. But I could pretty much sense that's what was going on with you, you know, because you would call yeah. and we talk about it and um, talk through things. But I never heard you make that statement that that's yeah. what, you know, you're struggling with or that's what you you are. So how did you come to that conclusion? So it was... I, I, I've always known it, just haven't admitted it. Uh, yeah, we, sure. we've have alcoholism in our family and things of that nature. And that, you know, it, just so many dramatic changes in my life, getting kicked out of airborne school, the car accident, yeah. um, that have, you know, I, I don't know how many times I've cheated death in, yeah. you know, it's like when, when it's really impacting like your relationships around you, then it's you know, it's, it's alcohol. And I've even right. tried to claim it. That's the thing. It's like, I've even tried to claim alcoholism a couple of times. And, you know, your buddies were like, dude, you just gotta, you just don't gotta have a couple. You're not an alcoholic. I'm right. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I, I actually, yeah. I am. And I can't have a couple. That's yeah. why I am alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy drinking beer. Sure. I still do to this yeah, day, but it's too. just like, I will say this, that it, it hasn't been under my own will to, to quit drinking and mm-hmm. twice now uh, I've prayed about it and twice God has answered. The first time uh, was when right around the time I had my head injury, I said, you know, God, take this, take this want away from me. Right. And sure enough, I got into school and I quit drinking the whole time I was in, in college. So I was going to school for three years or whatever and quit drinking for three years. And then I was like, I'm going to Afghanistan. So let me, uh, let me start. I'll have, go out and drink some beers with my buddies Yeah, and I didn't go to Afghanistan. So it was like, yeah. So then it was like drinking was back on. And then, uh, the second time I was like, you know, just take it away from me. And now if I have even two beers, I will feel I'm, this isn't even an exaggeration. I will feel like I'm dying on day four. Wow. Like it, it day two, I feel, I feel pretty good. All the anxiety, head symptoms, dizziness, ringing in the ears, all that is subsided. Day three, it's like, I'm ah, just not motivated. Day four, it's like, God, take this away from me. It's yeah. like, whatever I'm going through right now, take it away from me. And then it takes me a full 21 days to recover. Wow. 100%. Back back to, back to being anxiety with headaches, 
uh, dizziness, ringing the ears, vision messed up. So yeah. it's like getting back to garbage from hell, basically. Sure. sure. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm done drinking. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that, um, <laughs> you know, you told God to take it away from you. It sounds like he did, he you know, in the sense did. of like, you know, the effect that it has on you and not wanting that. Now, I would say as a true alcoholic, any that even that motivation wouldn't keep you from drinking, but how you are lining yourself up with God is what's doing it, right? That you not my will, but your will, God. Yeah. You know, not yeah. my way, but your way, God. And that kind of helps you as long as you're focused on that. Like you said, you're praying and you know, he's telling you that stuff is is awesome. <laughs> for right? me, for me, yeah. yeah, literally he took the desire away. Yeah. The yeah. desire is gone. Like the now I'm not gonna lie, every once in a while when we're grilling out or whatever and everybody's having a beer or something like that, I'd be like, man, it'd be nice to have a corona or something. You know, yeah. but it's like uh other than that, I'm down with just my soda water. That's sure. I pound soda water like it's nobody's <laughs> business. Yeah. And I found the first time that I quit, I transitioned to tea, unsweet tea. And that's how I was, I transitioned off yeah. of it. And then this one's uh soda water. And so I found I'm not quitting an addiction. I'm just transitioning to what it is. Something yeah. that's not harmful. So, yeah, I think soda water is common. Um, a lot of people gain weight when they stop drinking, if they're alcoholic, because there's so much sugar yeah. in alcohol that you, you know, you go to sweets and that, yeah. that becomes your thing. And you obviously you gain weight like that. But yeah, yeah, well, that's cool, man. I'm proud of you. And it's, it's really cool to see what God's doing. I know the fight's not over. Obviously, yeah, it's gonna no, be it's a, not. Be a daily thing. But the fact that you can come on here and talk about it and see how much you've grown and how far you've gotten is awesome. So yeah. It's going to be yeah. a big encouragement. People. Yeah. And for anybody listening, to be honest with you, if you're, if you are struggling in any way, shape or form, what I would say is just keep digging. That's mm-hmm. it. Keep digging, keep looking and get more reliant on what God's plan is for you. Because uh, to be honest with you, I would not be here if I, there's, t- there's times I literally am, am attacked and, and, and I'm having absolute horrible thoughts. And I'm just like, God has me here. He has me put in every step in every direction that I'm going right now. And I stop the negative thoughts. And if you ever heard Amen Clinic or did cognitive behavioral therapy, that's that's what you need to do. You just take whatever negative thoughts you had and you start replacing it with with something good. And so right. I've, I've started doing it with prayer and that's been yeah. tremendously, tremendously helpful. Yeah, that's great. Good stuff, man. I think we'll end on that. Yeah. Thanks, Ezra. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, we are back with our suggestions of the week with Ezra Clark. So I guess I'll go first. I was just going to mention, since we talked about it, Honey Lake Clinic. Yeah. So especially, I mean, when I was there, there was people from all over the country. So anybody can go there. Yeah. But it's, I went, that was the first place where I said, oh, I'm a addict, yeah. you know, where I kind of admitted that. So I think if I would have gone into it knowing I was an addict, I could have got a lot more out of it in the realm of you know, the, yeah. In, in, in regard to the therapy in direct relation to addiction and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, it's a place for, place for pastors. If you're born out, um, yeah. if you're, I don't know why I can't think of that word, yeah. <laughs> a, a place for pastors. If you are, um, just tired, just done, 
you know, and, yeah. you, and you don't have any more and, and you need a place to just go for 30 days. It's an awesome place to do that. Like you said, anxiety, um, depression, um, anything really. Bipolar. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot of addiction. Yeah. yeah. Addiction. A lot of people that were there with me was several different things. So yeah, there's, there's a few pastors there while we were there. Yeah. One, cool. one battling, uh, depression because of the challenge with God. So yeah. 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 What about you? So Honey Lake Clinic, you can look it up, Google it. It's fairly new um, and it's a lovely campus, right? It's a, it's oh, a cool man. place. It, yeah. Like it, it is where you want to be when you're battling that stuff because you're surrounded by and the whole staff. I don't know if it was like when you were there, the whole staff is just super nice mm-hmm. and super helpful and always smiling and that you're in this bubble of protection. You're basically cut off from the world. Yeah. I, I mean, you still have your phone and stuff like that, but you're cut off from all the other noise and, and things of that nature. And so you feel real safe, secure. It's an absolutely perfect environment. And then they yeah. do the dual diagnosis there. So uh, they do the therapy and then the medication and then they force you to walk everywhere. Yeah. Which is good. So, <laughs> yeah. and then they feed you the, I, the chef that we had was the food was amazing. Yeah. Like was every good. single day. Yeah. Fresh, fresh yeah. food. Yeah. So definitely would recommend that. Um, everybody was nice except for Lisa and I got Lisa fired. I'm just kidding. There was no Lisa <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't get anybody fired. Um, yeah. So I had the privilege of preaching at the, at the church there. Yeah. So that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Definitely fond memories of that. And it, yeah, it, that, that's another thing. It is so God focused there. It's crazy. Like I was just like, why can't the world be like this? Like people were putting hands on people and praying and things like that. And it's not like a weird, you know, thing, but it's like, it's really focused on God. Right. A a lot of focus on God, which is what what, exactly what I needed. And that's why I went there. Yeah. So that's why I was brought down to the level I was brought down. Cause one of the things I learned when I was there is, uh, uh, I was sitting there just walking around and doing whatever. And, and God was like, look, you have all the time in the world and you still can't open your Bible. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was <laughs> like, all right. And yeah. so I was like, let sure. me go back and start reading. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. What about you? What's your suggestion? Uh, so suggestion um, for, and this is, this will touch for the people that say anxiety or depressed or anything like that, which not only Honey Lake, but um there is a book out there that's called Rewiring Your Anxious Brain hmm. and or it's Rewiring Your Anxious Mind. One of those two. And it literally gets behind the whole science of it. So there's several ways to look at the anxiety. If you don't know where it's coming from, it's amygdala based and they tell you how to how to combat that. And then if, if you know where it's coming from, like the trigger, then that's cortex based. But then you have right and left cortex based and sure. they tell you how to battle that as well. And, and then how to rewire it. So not only because a lot of the stuff is, is pulling from, you know, memories within the subconscious and things of that nature. So it's how to rewire that and, and stop that stuff from coming. So it's not, you're not going to get a hundred percent better, but you're going to, you're going to have a lot more better days by, by understanding that and start applying some of the techniques. So just for the people that are out there that have the anxiety or, or dealing with depression and stuff like that, that would be the two greatest suggestions in the world. Go to Honey Lake and, and yeah. read that book. Yeah. I'm going to read it. Thanks yeah. for, I've never heard of that book, so I'll definitely check it out. Well, Ezra, man, you know, people opening it up about their struggles and sharing that is what helps others who are struggling. So really yeah. appreciate you coming on and doing that. And I look forward to having you back. Yeah. We can absolutely. talk about 
more ghost stories or something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right, brother. And uh, tell them one more time where they can find you on YouTube. Uh, so it's Seeking Real Estate um, on YouTube and then uh, seeking-realestate.com. Seeking-realestate.com on, uh, for my website. And so basically just a, a quick thing on the website is it's linked directly to the MLS. So all the listings are live and up to date. So like like the major national brands can't do that uh, link directly to it. So if a listing agent updates it right then, you get it right then. So oh, cool. when you're saving your searches – and pass it to your agent. And they're not like, well, we can't go see these three because they're already in our contract. Gotcha. Deal, so yeah. yeah. Good stuff, man. And I started a YouTube page as well. So go check out that. It is called The Crazy Beautiful Life of Rob Christie. So you can follow us there and share this podcast with somebody. Somebody nice. you know who's struggling and hurting. And you can do that. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Yeah. Tell your absolutely. boyfriend. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Later.